Hello, welcome to Youth Podcast. Today we are here with Grace, Oliver, Jared, Oscar, um, and Ruby, of course. Um, we're going to be speaking about controversial opinions and how they can polarise people. Um, so just yes to start what are your controversial opinions anyone (laughs) (laughs) well um, controversial opinions are quite interesting aren't they because they're only controversial within a certain sphere almost so when I'm in Brighton saying that I'm a conservative for example might seem quite controversial but if I go up north to London it seems maybe a little bit less controversial and so you know, it's all a bit bizarre, really. It depends where you're based from where you're saying your opinion, whether it's controversial or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in the same predicament as Oliver, because I'm a conservative. I remember when we had, um, at our school, we had this mock election, um, and I was running for the Brexit, the Brexit party, um, and I had countless people coming up to me saying, oh, how could you support that? How could you support that? Even though I'm, you know, I, I, don't, I wouldn't vote for them in the first place. But um, yeah, also I'm in a, I'm a, I'm a, I wouldn't say fundamentalist, but I'm a Christian, so I hold opinions which might be incredibly unpopular at Basvik. So, um, so obviously I live in Brighton as well, and so I don't. It's like a bit of a bubble in terms of I don't feel like I've met that many people that disagree with what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think <clears throat> I think that's a thing. I think all us three, like um, you, me, and Ruby. Because, like, we're all, like, you know, left-wing. Um, I don't think... You, neither of you are particularly, like, religious, are you? No. And, like... And basically we hold... I think we hold sort of the traditional kind of things you'd expect... For, the beliefs we have of what you'd expect from someone from our, from our area. So, mm. yeah, I guess it, it is a bit of a bubble in that way. Yeah, I think it's interesting what you're saying about what defines a controversial opinion. Because, as you said, down here, it's, like, a controversial opinion might think... Might be, like, you voted Brexit... But then if you go a little bit up north or even just outside the Brighton area, it's not that controversial. Unless it's further along the coast. <laughs> yeah. Like, it so, changes. Yeah, no, all, literally all of Sussex. Well, not all of Sussex, but like, it's all blue. Like, if you look at a map. Yeah. And that's just weird. Because I don't feel like I've ever really, like, mm. had much of an opportunity to, like, have people disagree with me. Yeah. On a political basis. Mm. Well, I think if you if you go outside your, your comfort zone, so often uh, I'm in London, I'm a London tour guide, and I sit down on benches sometimes out of the blue, and I get talking to people from all across the world. And of course, London's this great uh, diverse bubble, global bubble, where people come from all over. And so you meet fantastic people with a whole range of views. And so... Um, I'm quite classical liberal myself, so I believe that uh, you can do what you like so long as it's not harming anyone else. And that's the same with views, you know. I think uh, so long as they're not uh, incredibly extreme and they're not harming anyone else, you can hold those views. And of course, you you can voice them and you can uh, uh, make sure that they're respected and you can listen to each other talking. And you really get to hear other people's perspectives. And so I position myself almost uh, more of a middle ground because I like taking things from one side and putting them with the other. So get outside of your comfort zone and talk to people because we find we're more united than we may originally think we are. You see, I, I, I differ there because I think um, even though I, I see people with incredibly controversial opinions, it's always quite, um, it's very important to listen to like people, neo-Marxists and neo-Nazis, because if you don't understand what they 
are thinking about and what they actually believe. There's actually no way to um, combat them. There was, uh, I, I think there was a black musician who went into the KKK rallies yeah, who managed yeah who managed to convert uh, quite a few few of them by just going to the other side and mm. you know understanding what they believe in so i i mean what we see today especially in um places in like brighton is when you hold even moderate views um as as controversials, be it if it's conservative or if it's uh, socialist you end up pushing people to the extremes and you get um I've, I've, lots of fairly moderate views are labelled uh, alt-right these days mm. and especially after 2016 and you saw um, it's actually had the counterintuitive effect of creating a very far-right bubble in, especially in America mm. <clears throat> I will just add to that <clears throat> sorry because um, I do understand what you mean like when you say in terms of listening to people with more extreme views but um, the one way, one way I would describe, I'm not disagree exactly, but just like put a point is like some views, I guess, like they're just so inherently harmful. I don't, do you want to give them the time of day? I don't just mean like, I'm not just talking about like pro-Brexit or something. I mean, like in terms of like the KKK or like just Nazism or even some people, yeah, like really extreme communism or anarchism, things like that. Depends how, what you, how you view those. But um like, for example, because when, in the terms of the musician going to the KKK, it wasn't so much that he listened to their ideas, it was more the fact he normalised being around them. Because, mm. like, cause, and then realised and got them to understand that, in, his, in this case, black people were just people. Like, it wasn't so much that he, like, understood... He understood, He had to understand them to an extent to, like... Yes, I understand that, I guess. Like, he had to understand them so he could interact with them in a way that they didn't find, like, jarring. But at the end of the day, it was more him humanising himself to them. Yeah, um, I, 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 I agree with you. I don't think we should take extreme opinions or, or necessarily agree with them. But simply by listening to them and seeking out things which actively d disagree with us. So, for example, uh, people like myself and Oliver frequently intermingle with socialists. But you um, have um, people who never see a con conservative in their life and the moment they do, they, they start to uh, they label them with terms like alt right and such. Um, I, I've never I've I think I could say I've met at least one neo-Nazi. I don't think their opinions are good, but when you listen to them, you can you can kind of see what how dangerous ideology as itself is inherently, mm. and see mm. where you could be going if you continue down that route. Mm. Well, I struggle a lot to be honest with like giving other people the time of day, which I know is really bad. No, not you. But mean. I just like. Because I do obviously believe what I think is cor like correct, and yeah, it's just like I'm just quite an angry person, <laughs> and I just yeah, I don't know. It's not. I just I find it quite like just infuriating a lot of the time because I feel like I do like I study politics. I feel like I understand like uh, right wing opinions, but I just I really can't like. I don't know. Just I people just... don't have to agree with each other. Yeah, like, no, 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 no. I just yeah. can't, like, understand it mm, at all. I do understand what you mean, though. Yeah. And then, I think... Oh, sorry, have you got I, I'm saying, like, um, then on your side, you guys... I'm sure you can kind of relate that to your own opinion, so you can't, you know, it's quite... 
It's one, one thing. There's, accepting people have different opinions is one thing, but like actually understanding those opinions is under, you can understand, but like getting them, like having that kind of like I accept is dead. Sorry, no, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I accept other people that other people have opinions, but like a big thing is like people are like, oh, like you should respect my opinion, and that's something that I just don't like. Hmm. I don't mean that in a rude way, but I just can't like <laughs> I can't bring myself to like respect. Well, I think that um, kind of standpoint. it's almost like a war. So you've got these two battle camps. You've got, for, for this, let's say, we've got the Conservatives on one side and we've got the Socialists on the other side. And inside these two factions, um, they never meet, of course, unless they're on the battlefield. Mm. And before they get to the battlefield, they're almost indoctrinated with a bunch of propaganda telling them that the other side is this, that and the mm. other. And it works on both sides. Mm. And then when you actually come and talk to each other, you realise that a lot of these ideas that you share simply not true and they share sorry you, you unite and a lot of the ideas that you were told are not true at all so it, you do need that interaction you do really need to sit down and have mm. a conversation because you do find that actually we're not so different at all it's, it's a bit bizarre <laughs> yeah um, I want to start speaking about because um, I think you can either be some people think that a friend's political opinion is really like a determining factor. I was wondering what your point of view is. Like, would you be friends with someone who was a Marxist or? I'm, I'm dating first? a Marx. I'm dating yeah, a you're, Maoist. Yeah, your girlfriend so. is a Maoist. So, what do you have oh, to say about that? Uh, I mean, I she she's not in, overtly political, but um, I it's it's always um, I mean, personally, I try not to make politics a determining factor of who I am. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard where we go to school because I've. I've got, got a reputation as the Brexit Party guy, or, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it, it's always interesting, especially if you see someone on like a day to day basis and kind of understand where they're coming from. Um, I mean, we have a person in our politics class who's um, a social democrat, really, but um, leaning towards Marxism, um, which who we get on amicably with. I wouldn't say that we kind of see them in a demonized light one thing we notice or at least i notice is people especially uh, people on both sides sides that if they hear your political opinion they have an opinion opinion of you before they go in to like talk to you i think it does say a lot about who you are though like i just i i think the the just the basis of like your political beliefs like surely you're choosing that based off of like what you're like as a person so for me like in reply to ruby's question i think like i could probably be friends with someone who i strongly disagree with politically but i definitely don't think i could be in your position mm. for me it depends what we disagree on because like there are some things that like what we consider more right-wing that i don't find inherently disagreeable it's just like I'm not i can't think off the top of my head but like um, like I've like I've got it's not like a thing I can I go oh I don't get on with you, but it reaches a point where there are thing, issues that I will add that I, then I think they're leaning more towards like they become more moral based and then like and like it's not the fact that you, I think other people's morals are inherently like wrong but sometimes it's like we do disagree like for example I'm not going to be friends with someone who doesn't believe in gay marriage because I'm gay and like that is a political opinion in the end but it's also in my eyes a moral opinion that I think. And I just don't see, like, I guess, because I've had people talk to me, like, and they can, they can be very polite about it, 
but it's all like not believe in certain things to do with homosexuality. But I still like they can be nice, and I can actually perfectly like it doesn't get angry. It's just like I have no reason to want to be around them like after that. <laughs> it's like it just and then things like immigration as well. I have like more strong opinions on. I just and I think if we disagree very heavily on that, it's like. I just I I would struggle to probably I think to be friends with someone with, mm. and definitely I I definitely date someone I don't think, I could I don't think I'd be able to be in a relationship with someone who disagreed with me really heavily on certain issues. Some issues it's one thing, but others it's like, do you know what I mean? Like it does it doesn't it's not kind of like, blank. It's not like one like you have you're on this side of the spectrum, um or like I mean if you can see it's one linear spectrum, um then I don't I won't want to be around you at all. It's, I don't think it's like that, but I do think it is... I do think there are elements that, like, will play into, like, how I like, feel towards people. Hmm. Well, for me personally, uh, politics doesn't really come into friendships. I mean, it, it might do if we are... We're, we're already interacting in a political sphere. Mm-hmm. But if I, I'm meeting someone, I, I won't talk politics. No, uh, perhaps that's because I, I assume that a lot of people won't agree with me. And, and that's why we don't talk politics straight away. Because I've had some bad experiences where... I, I was, we were really friendly, we were getting along really well, and they liked me, and then um, someone made a, a comment, uh, like a banter joke comment uh, about me being a conservative, and then they stopped being friends with me, and I found that to be quite harsh, because I thought to myself, well hang on, <laughs> we, we're still on the same level, there's, there's, no, there's no different there. However, um, I will talk politics uh, with with a whole bunch of friends more in a joke way. So uh, if they don't agree with me, we'll have some banter, it'll be fantastic. If they do agree with me, I, I don't really like talking serious politics all the time anyway. So mm. <laughs> it all just depends on how I'm feeling, I suppose. Hmm. Um, I think it begs the question how much morals and politics are intertwined. Because it, on one hand you can say, oh, if someone votes for, 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 for me, if I say someone votes Tory, of course I'm going to try and be friends with them just because... I'm not going to discriminate against that, but when you start going more into the area of like core kind of moral values and how that interplays with it, I think it does come into play. I guess. Yeah, but I guess like social politics, and then yeah. it gets more like heated, yeah. and that's what I guess that I guess yeah, that's what I mean when I think the things I would like would consider like not being friends with someone more usually are kind of based in that area, mm. and. I think it's all sort of like interlinked, though. Yeah, like, I, 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 yeah, no, I I do agree, like. I, in a way with what you're saying Oscar but I just think like like all, like all the political parties and ideologies are like based off of like I suppose like but yeah I think they are based off of like a set of moral beliefs um and so it is like and like all the all the like Tory policies say uh, well I, this sounds really harsh but like <laughs> I feel like they are just like all like if you're voting for the Tories you're voting against vulnerable people and I'm not like I understand that that that's not what you would say obviously Mm. but um I just that is really what in my view what the party is about so it's like sorry sorry. um I think that there's there's an issue with attaching politics and morals generally because I don't think politics is based off morals, it's based off a view of human nature, and from that stems politics and stems morality. Um, and issues like, as you mentioned, like gay marriage or protecting the vulnerable, um, I think so. lots of it is more less of a moral question, more of like a theo- theo- theological, theological, like let's talk specifically the issue of gay marriage. 
Um, the arguments around that I don't think are... It depends on who you talk to, obviously. If you get like a really rampant homophobe, you'll be against homosexuality in general. But if you talk to like a, a priest and they'll say, um, well, it's... Or a, a man, for, for example, they'll say, it's against my religion. The state doesn't really have a right to take marriage and make that a state thing. I mean, personally, I, I mean, obviously we disagree with this because I'm a Christian. I would say the state has no right to do marriage in the first place. It's a religion, relig, religious thing. But I, I don't think that's a moral question. I mean, that might be where we disagree. I just think... Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I came off really aggressive. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I understand. I, I mean, it's, it's it's throughout history. It's been an awful. Um, the church has done awful things to gay people. But um, yeah, I think I agree with Oscar there uh, at the fact that there are some things that really like are gonna not really go well with each other. They're not gonna mm. match. And so uh, perhaps in a, in a relationship way. It just wouldn't work out. I think maybe in a more friends way, it might work. Not not to the point where you'd be meeting them every day, yeah, but yeah. a sort of you know social interaction, niceness and kindness. We all have that. You know, it's the inner circle and the outer circles. I think um, our teacher once said in our history class that uh, for a, for a relationship to work, uh, you apparently have to. Um, be in the same ideology and in some ways I think that's true because you share a same world view uh, you're, you're scaring I, me Oliver you're scaring me am I? I I just I just you know I think there's there's I, I, I do tend to be quite middle ground normally uh, <laughs> I just I just you know I see that um and uh, often, you know, we need to be, we just need to accept other people. But obviously there are there's some things that we might have a little bit of difference on. And that would mean that you're not going to be able to unite in the same way. Especially if it's something you're really passionate about and someone else was really hostile towards. Mm-hmm. It, it obviously wouldn't work out. And I think you can try and overcome that if there are other things that are really good. But often there are things like that, like uh, the concept of gay marriage, which uh, we all support. Well. Almost all of real support. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, and uh, that's that's a really strong thing that I think we should accept. You know. Mm. Yeah, I think with moving on partly from relationships and about political opinions and all that. I think like going back to what you said earlier about how speaking can is like a really important thing because if we all had the same opinions about everything, like nothing would happen. So maybe diversity in opinions is an important thing but I was wondering if anyone had a different opinion on that or whatever <laughs> I don't know carrying on well, I think if like I do agree with you because obviously no, no not everyone's gonna agree um like and I think like it makes like that is what makes life interesting like mm. if we were all just copies of each other then there'd be no point like yeah. doing anything basically but obviously I personally think if more people were left wing <laughs> then it would be better do you know what I mean yeah. but like no I do agree with like like yeah. in obviously the world that we're I think discourse in. is definitely necessary like people do need you can't you do need to have your worldview challenged yeah yeah. What, what do you guys think about um, university safe spaces on that matter in- or like twitter twitter storms oh right um hmm because the dialogue, uh, when I say that, I mean, dialogue is in the 21st century. It's kind of, with social media, it's degenerated into just uh, constant chattering on social media. Mm. And I think one of the things that uh, people on the right have observed is companies like Twitter and Facebook um, have been un- 
unequally, yeah, or deplatforming, for example, unequally deplatforming people with even moderate right wing opinions, um, and that kind of gets rid of the whole element of discourse, and it mm. makes Twitter a, or Facebook a homogenous um, echo chamber. Echo chamber, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that is true because, like, that is I've, that is kind of undebated. Joy, I've seen that's I've seen something happening, but um. That does, but Twitter in itself, and I'm just going to use Twitter as an example, it kind of, what, one thing it's really good at doing for both sides of um, the spectrum is that um, it, it is very good at creating echo chambers because you're not going to, you tend to seek out people you like. So it does create those sort of like, those like hordes. <laughs> like, and it, it's sort of almost designed to do that because it, you're, meant, it, it, you're designed to cherry pick what you want to see. So you only hear what you want to hear. And that does happen on both sides, I think. But I do know what you mean, that because it does, there, it does it is no like Twitter and Facebook are known for censoring like right wing, um, creators, not creators. That's more like YouTube. But actually, actually, yeah, yeah, I guess well, yeah, whatever you want to call them. But um, I did have a point, and it's just flown out of my head. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, no, I think the Twitter is no one's mind is ever going to be changed on social media because it lacks the the real world element you need mm. to, if you're going to have a conversation with someone about politics and they're on the different opinion and you're you're almost you're you're basting to change each other's minds and you're trying to find agreement it has to be done eye to eye sort of thing because online people are you, as you say they're all following the set of people that they like and i try and follow uh, jeremy corbyn and other people that i don't always agree with and so that I try and get a diverse range of mindsets, but a lot of people don't. They all follow, the, a lot of people follow those that they really like, and you, you see it in the comments, you see it in the comments, because it's people that are just aggressively attacking each other, and, and they've got the space to on Twitter, and that's, that's something that I find a little bit concerning. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't want them to get rid of that, but maybe try and implement some options to really encourage looking at the other side from different perspectives. Mm. I think, so with the kind of, what's, what's the word for it, like censoring, I guess, more right-wing opinions, and also with the online Although YouTube, I'd say, has been almost guilty of doing the reverse, because they yeah. are, they do the thing to right-wing creators, but they also, a lot of things that are like, would be considered more like, a lot of things like, politi- like, I think like politically correct sort of creators would talk about, like sexuality and stuff, are listed as being inappropriate for children. And I don't just mean like a sexual sense, like... Like, there is a lot of people who, like, because it's not, because being, talking about being gay people isn't, as much as some people like to say, I think it's, it isn't an adult thing, because gay people have kids. Mm. And, like, that, like, being brought up, like, words, like, gay being used, mean videos can be censored. And, like, and it's not, maybe, you can maybe, like, I don't necessarily think it's as bad in a lot of cases, but I think, I think it's good to know, I usually, it is, like, so good to notice that it does happen in both cases. Mm. But I'm not discrediting, I do think it happens, it does tend to happen more on the other side, but... Yeah. I mean, I think it's uh, like like open my eyes more, like social media to other people's opinions, because I feel like I'm more likely to like come into contact with someone with different views to me on the internet, of like rather than real life. Mm. Um, so yeah. So people are more willing like, to say that, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to like comment sections on certain posts, and you just see like mm. all this all like comment after comment of stuff that I disagree with mm. and I think you know sometimes it's quite fun to get into fights yeah. with people <laughs> <laughs> I think with the internet you do lose tone and 
actual yeah. empathy when you're speaking to someone in the comment section because things can be really easily misinterpreted if, if they're just text on the screen. But when I think with these internet arguments, it does very quickly get very harsh and, you know, stuff like that. So I guess maybe not kind of regulation of it because it is important to have a discussion going on. But I think people need to be, be cautious and mindful that they're not, you know, being directly rude to someone just to kind of... I think when people reply, oh sorry, when people reply, I'll let you speak a moment. <laughs> when people reply to those comments, they're in that moment, the second of tension, and that second of tension fuels their adrenaline, mm. and they and they write it. And I've I've done this several times, and I've got into an argument, and I finish typing my my long message of all these facts and statistics in, and I look at it and go, actually, what am I thinking? Because after you need to take the step back twice. and you go to yourself, what am I thinking? Uh, don't do it because you just you just fuel the the tensions and and, the, and more of the battle. Just just pause and take a breather and realise that this isn't going to go anywhere. <laughs> no one's winning here. Yeah. No, I've done it quite a few times. I like type out a full comment. It's like this is not going to change their mind, and I just I just look angry. So yeah. you're both very restrained. Well, like. I, no, see, I I just type the whole thing and I go. It's painful, I had to like... Oh, I don't even think about it, like, I'll just be spamming, like, angry comments <laughs> at people, like, which is bad, like, I'm fully aware it's bad. I get, like, my mum gets so angry at me for, like, getting over angry about, like, politics and stuff. Does she follow you? Does she see no, what you're coming to say? No, in real life as well. I remember, this is kind of going off topic, my... My my mum's a massive Green Party. She's a member of the Green Party, and sometimes she has these Extinction Rebellion people to come and just talk. And one time we had this person walk in our front door. I was sitting on my computer. It's like, oh, this is my friend from Extinction Rebellion, um, Ben or something. I had my because um, I've I've been reading some of his works just for interest, not that they're any good. I had my Trump uh, Art of the Deal right next to me. I saw him come in, and I had to like cover it up because I was really ashamed. But um, yeah. It, it, I, I mean, I think with social media creates like a mob mentality as well, and you see it in things like riots or when you have this veil of anonymity um, and you think that there aren't going to be any consequences for what you do, you kind of lose an aspect of common decency, you lose mm. uh, any willingness to engage in dialogue. And I think like it, social media has had a really, sadly, a really corrosive something that's meant to bring people together has a really corrosive impact on public discourse. Mm. Um, well, you say, like, um, with the sort of whole riots thing, sometimes, and, like, sometimes I get, like, it is good to be polite and have manners when you're talking to people, but sometimes, and especially in a case where it's, like, a group that, like, wants to be heard and they're just not being listened to. Mm. Like, this had that, I... And, like, I think sometimes, like, it is good to maybe, like, to group together and then lose the matter because people don't always pay attention. If you're just, like, if you're just sitting still and being polite, like, sometimes that's just not enough. Mm. Well, what at least in my opinion. Antifa? Um, I don't know about, enough about them to comment, so... Okay. I think um, with the Extinction Rebellion stuff, that's certainly true. Uh, they've been doing some stuff that's less disruptive recently, and it hasn't been in the news. And as much as... I'm not too keen on them blocking all the streets of Parliament. 
it does seem to be the only stuff that gets them on the news. Mm -hmm. And so the media is funding that mentality of you need to be really disruptive. Had they shown, oh, look, these people are doing this, they're going out and they're delivering leaflets, then maybe uh, they wouldn't need to cause such disruption that uh, really annoys everyone. <laughs> well, yeah, well, if the government did something, then they wouldn't have mm. to block the roads. That's the thing. So. I, 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 am very, I am like, that one thing I'm more strong, I do more strongly believe in is that, is, is like, noise <laughs> like and i do get i i understand people who don't but like, i just think quite a lot of time like historically especially when it's like i mean restriction belly isn't like an oppressed they're not an oppressed minority exactly but like or like just an oppressed group like the suffragettes for example like they no one was paying attention till they started making noise like because they all they've been is polite and i think yeah because i not i think right now probably climate change is the most like significant one like no one was really doing anything until like mm. I mean, so well, I mean, although now, actually, to be fair, what that they've done, they've done things that aren't actually that helpful and are just sort of like meant to like put people at ease, like paper straws and stuff. So, but at least it did, get, but it did still like get attention. So it's hard to argue with the fact they literally they are that's the hard how people notice them. So well, I, I think the thing with Extinction Rebellion is it started off as something which I personally agreed with, but then when social media and things like that got a handle on it i personally found it started to de degenerate into something which is i mean greta thunberg, er, thunberg uh, initially said like oh it doesn't matter what ideology you are and stuff and then around 2019 it just devolved into tory hating uh especially at our school uh <laughs> oh, this is good this is so hard i can't self-censor we can censor it yeah thank you um yeah well, she can censor it, not well, me. Well, that, <laughs> that hate obviously stems from the fact that it is the Conservative Party that aren't doing anything. Well, well aren't doing anything? I think, aren't doing I think they are doing some stuff. Yeah, they're not doing enough, though. Definitely not doing enough. Well, I was uh, I presented my video all about climate change at the House of Lords a couple of weeks ago in front of um, Baroness Heyman and some other uh, fantastic people. And I met lots of different people. They were all our age and they were talking about the climate issue. And I agree more stuff does need to be done, but it has to be done in a way that isn't going to impact drastically those that might not be able to afford such changes. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people in Extinction Rebellion are able to go on these great protests because they can afford to do that. There's some people that aren't able to go out and do that because they've got to have a job, they've got to work and get the money in. And so we've got to be careful when we look at making mass changes that we are not affecting them in a negative way. Yeah, you see like with radical revolutions, it's um, they always, if you do something too fast, it always ends up going back on itself. I mean, Russia was an example of that. They got rid of a dictator, only to get another dictator. France did exactly the same. Um, I think this exact same applies to climate change. You've seen people who wanted to bring in like this... Uh, I forget what the name of the car was, but in the 90s, they developed this electric car, which was... Prius? Not a Prius. It was It was like a little <laughs> buggy that people were supposed to drive. And it was, it was supposed to like make people want to drive electric cars. No one wanted to buy it because it looked terrible. But the idea was to like create this uh, revolution in the car industry. Nothing happened. Tesla has been going at it for about 20 years. It's eventually starting to come through. That's one of the reasons I'm also uh, wary of Extinction Rebellion is if you try and get something done in 20 years, especially in the UK, which I mean, uh, I disagree. I disagree with them in the belief that the West is the primary thing. It's more corporations in the West that are going to India and such. Um, but I think that the methods 
um, that they're putting forth. I mean, it's backed by science, but not economics. Yeah, we don't just there's. I don't think there's much choice in the matter because there's really not time. Like, I think if we, you know, if this was all happening fifty years ago, we could be like, yeah, let's introduce this like slowly. But like, we really need to like make drastic change because there's just not enough time to, yeah, do nothing. Just can we like try and round up the climate yeah, change yeah, sort of yeah. point yeah. because oh, well, um, yeah. we have done an episode of climate change <laughs> and stuff. So <laughs> I like, say it, it, it is it is interesting, yeah. good point stuff. But like, just don't want to like take it too. Well, it, it, interestingly, it is a different opinion, and that's what we are. No, no, about. true. So no. You know, I'm not. Yeah, I'm just saying that. Like, um, <laughs> I'm really coming from my throat. I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just interesting to have a different discourse because we don't have a lot of that going on. Um, to round up, um, what sort of thing? Would you say to someone who has a quite a controversial opinion, what advice? Well, something differently, differing largely from yours. Yeah, yeah. What advice? How would you approach them? What would you say to them? You can't say that they are wrong, because if you say, even if you think it, if you say that they're wrong, they're immediately not going to listen to you, mm. and they will go back and retreat to their their that propaganda center of their in extreme forms especially on on social media they'll go back into under the rocks back to find out information from those that are telling them that information and if you want to bring someone across to your side you have to listen to them first and then talk to them if you do it the other way around it becomes a confrontation that's not going to get anywhere so you have to be quite careful how you go about trying to find the middle ground i find hmm. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd echo the same, but also, and not not only um, you, you have to understand first where they're coming from, and then look for points like w- where you would agree and say, for example, um, agreeing on climate change, most people on the right and the left can accept that it exists, but that it, different approaches need to be made. You need to find the areas of common ground and work from there, because then they kind of understand. Right, so this is someone we can that we can deal with. Mm-hmm. If you have people with ideas that are set in stone, saying. Um, like this doesn't work. You can't do this. You can't say that. You you really just not only uh, reinforce your own views. You re- you make their views more set in stone because they mm. get an image of the other side. Mm. I think don't retreat down into belittling the other side because that gets you nowhere. I think a lot of conversations I've witnessed, it's the more right wing person giving their opinion and the left more left wing person just absolutely just going, well you're this, you're this, you're that. I think and that gets you nowhere. I mean saying that I am, I have had interactions like that, just, I can think of one instance where I was talking to someone and their views were just so offensive. <laughs> I was just kind of like, oh my god, I can't, like, I don't know. But that's exceptions, but don't automatically just retreat back into your safe space of, you know, going against someone and being rude, because being rude gets you nowhere, but, yeah. Um... I think one thing I just wanted to say, that's more a point I wanted to bring up earlier, which I just didn't really find a way to, is that, um, I don't think I'd say this, um, I guess, like, yeah, I think do listen to other people. Like, I think that is important. But at the same time, you don't have to sort of devalue your own views, mm. like, just to kind of make them more palatable, I suppose. But, because, um, like, and also, like, I think in the terms of sort of friendships and stuff, and, like, at the end of the day, even even if they don't like have all the same views as someone, say they're voting for, or they would in theory vote for, but they can't yet. Remember, if they, if you, I think sometimes if you do really just remember that they are, put, they would would want to put that person in power, and if and in some cases, like if that differs really morally from you, 
then I don't think there is a need to sort of just ignore it. Like if you really, if that really does bother you, I think that is, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, does anybody want to say any final points before we close up? No? <laughs> Wonderful. Um, thank you for coming to speak about this, it was really interesting. Um, if you want to get in contact with us about the episode, then do send us a message on Instagram. We are u.thpodcast, or you can send us an email if you want to be anonymous at youthxpodcast.gmail.com. Um, that's all. See you next episode. Or and subscribe actually, to British Briggsy on YouTube. Yeah, and um, Oliver has a great podcast as well, so you can go listen to... What's it called again? British Briggsy. Yeah, I'll, I'll link it in the description. But um, thank you again. See you next time. <laughs>